The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. I was looking around for a new journal planner organizer kind of thing, and I think I've finally found one upon which I might settle. It's called the Monk Manual, um, and it has a monthly plan and a weekly plan and a daily plan, and each day begins with hopes and dreams, um, details to attend to, and each day concludes with reflections. What have I done? What am I thankful for? What would I change tomorrow so that I might grow in grace? Um, What are the things that were left undone that carry over? Those kinds of things. More than just a, a, a daily planner, more than simply an organizer and different than a journal in which one might write down their thoughts. For me, this is becoming an interesting habit. And it's some of the early instructions in in reading this and beginning this were be kind to yourself. Changing habits is hard work. Isn't October great? Isn't the, my daughter, my daughter doesn't really appreciate the the power of October because she classifies all athletics as sports ball. And whenever boys start talking about athletics and teams, she says, sports ball, there's hockey, there's what we call soccer, what the world calls football, there's college football, there's high school football, there's pro football. The NBA has even started. I saw where Kentucky had their blue and white game where they play themselves. And there is baseball. And and, and T-ball. That's that's where I got stuck, Greg. I got stuck in T-ball. Never matriculated out of T-ball. I don't talk about sports much, not because I'm not a fan, but because I fell out of the habit of watching sports a lot. Sometimes it's one of the hazards of being a pastor. Um, and, and, And it happened one Lent in Troop, Texas. Every time the church wanted to plan an event, we were sitting there in church council. I had my daily planner open. And I was going through, and every time they wanted to plan an event that spring, it was in conflict and competition with the best thing on God's green earth, a Duke Blue Devil basketball game. Is there another time we can do that? Why, Pastor? I'm just wondering if there's another time. Let's do this there. Oh, really? Um, Maybe we could do that on Sunday afternoon instead of Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock when the Blue Devils are playing. I got home and was lamenting about those scheduling conflicts. And Holly said, well, maybe, you know, it's Lent. Maybe God's trying to tell you to give up Duke basketball for Lent. <laughs> I said, I said, you know what God made on the eighth day? She said, no, what? I said, Duke basketball. She said, show me. I fell out of the habit 
and I was, I was not stunned, but I was, I was so thankful to hear Jose Altuve's interview after the game. He, at the end of it, he said this, we won the game not because I hit a homer, and he began naming his teammates and their efforts. And he said, we are working as a team. We don't rely on one player, as I said before. They practice the habits of team. And when they turn a double play like they did, and when they dive and catch and throw behind the runner and get him out at first base, you know that they are functioning as a team because it is their habit. Well, that's all the Pharisee was doing in this parable. He was simply praying as was his habit. We sometimes name him as a villainous, venomous villain. I thank God that I'm not like other people, rogues and sinners and even this tax collector. Busy huh. Dean said, if you can back it up, it ain't bragging. <laughs> and the Pharisee was simply telling God what his habit was. I fast twice a week, by the way. That was one of Wesley's encouragements for Methodist pastors, not just for pastors, but for Methodist peoples. And, and his specific encouragement and teaching to pastors is a question that we're all asked. Will you teach and practice abstinence of some kind? Wesley fasted and prayed. Praying always go with fasting. So if you give something up as a, as, as a work of self-control, when you would give that up, the normal time that you would spend in that that activity is to be devoted to praying. So if you skip lunch, say, on Fridays to fast, during lunchtime when you would normally be eating, pray. That's how that works. It's not a vending machine. You won't get something in return um, other than to grow closer to Jesus. That's a good thing. Tithing. I tithe everything that I earn. Is one-tenth? So for us, practically, when, when, when we say we are giving God's tithes and our gifts, it, it, it means that anywhere between zero and 10% and of our income that we give is God's tithe. God asks that, and, and, and it's planned percentage giving. If I know that I'm going to earn $100 a week, $10 is, is the full time. Anywhere that I am in working towards giving that is considered time. Beyond a percentage planned giving, that's an offering. God's tithe and our gifts. It's pretty simple. That was his habit, and, and, and he trusted in that habit. Stewardship of life, but he got things out of right perspective. And Jesus was telling this parable to people who trusted in their own works. So he said um, the, the habit of the tax collector was to work for a foreign government and, and, and nationalistically to be a complete traitor, to work in a corrupt system where the rich got richer and the poor got poorer, where tax collectors were told to collect X to turn in, 
And whatever above and beyond X you collect is yours to keep. We know the story of Zacchaeus who said he would pay back fourfold if he had cheated any. Oh, wait. Because he had cheated everybody. And religiously, he was entirely unclean. It's a wonder he even showed up at the temple. And yet, when he prayed, when he prayed, he stood afar off where maybe nobody would see him. And he pounded his chest and he prayed and pleaded for mercy. Now, he wasn't a generous Joe, good neighbor guy that you wanted to meet coming down the street because he was probably going to take you for some money. But maybe he was changing his habits. Maybe that prayer for mercy was the beginning of repentance. What we can know is that a parable has one point and that God makes a great reversal and those who trust in themselves and think they're in end up out and those who plead for mercy end up gathered in. And it's important, says Fred Craddock, don't say, thank God I'm not the Pharisee because the great reversal can yet be reversed again. <laughs> Some of y'all are paying attention. What we can't know, did the tax collector change? We don't know, it's a parable. You hope so. But maybe in our own political system, you hope so that there would be justice, there, there would be an end of corruption, there would be an end of graft. You pray so, you work for so. So where do we live? Well, we're looking at our baptismal covenant. With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround one another with a community of love and forgiveness that we may grow in our trust of God and be found faithful in our service to others. What does that look like? It looks like salvation. And this is what Wesley wrote about salvation. By salvation, I mean not barely. According to that vulgar notion, deliverance from hell and going to heaven, but a person's deliverance from sin and a restoration of the soul to its primitive health, its original purity, a recovery of the divine nature, the renewal of the soul after the image of God. True religion is the loving of God with all our heart and our neighbor as ourselves, and in that love, abstaining from all evil and doing all possible good to all persons. So how do we do that? Well, grow. Quite simply, grow. For as long as we draw breath, the Holy Spirit is in us, leading us in growth, in becoming, in letting go of yesterday and reaching forward for tomorrow. We have work yet to do. Last week, we raised our hands if we were in our 90s and in our 80s and in our 70s, and I ran out of big words, so we didn't do 60s and 50s and 40s. 
and 30s and 20s and teens. As long as we have breath in us, it is the very spirit within us leading us to grow and to become the faithful life of followers of Jesus in grace is a life of continued transformation. So the Pharisee was not justified in spite of his faithfulness. And the tax collector was justified in spite of his faithfulness. Sometimes we grow in grace in spite of our best efforts, yet we put forth the effort to grow. I started this this month, and I've missed some days. But I keep the dates for every day of the month, whether I miss it or not. Because the early instructions were be kind to yourself. Changing habits is hard work. And there is grace that abounds that we might continue to grow in Christ. Shall we pray together? Continue to work in us, O oh God. Teach us to place only our trust in you. Teach us to love and serve, to follow, and to be faithful. That we might find our lives in you that we might be found faithful as we go from this place into your world. We pray this through Christ our Lord and all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.